Sick Boy Wolfgang Productions presents The Offering with Jerry Horror. A deep dive into the history of film and its filmmakers. Mostly horror, always genre. to believe me on this but it, that's kind of the way it is we were talking about this before like with uh, even the kardashians I, I haven't seen one of those shows in a hot minute it's, i feel like it's probably been almost a decade since i've seen uh, a reality show like that and then and the reality of a reality show like that is like it's just people eating sunflower seeds and farting <laughs> that's that's content you know i don't know if it's compelling content Oh, I'm Jerry Hara, by the way. And I'm Peter Bune, uh, also known as Producer Pete. Oh, yeah. If you guys probably have wondered who Producer Pete was, this is who he is. That's me. <laughs> and uh, we're here to kind of talk about uh, what to expect for season two of The Offering. Or do we want to talk about, do we want to sum up what season one was about? Uh, we could. It's funny. As we're doing this, we're watching Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I, and you put it on. I thought it was Detective Pikachu. Don't want to get those brand what? IPs. Uh, Black eyed peas? <laughs> brand, brand IPs. Brand IPs mixed up. Universe. Yeah, you put on a Justice Smith movie, and I thought it was. I was hoping it was Detective Pikachu, but it was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You know what? There's a bunch of stuff happening in this movie. We're watching this film, and it's it's really beautiful to look at. You're watching all the... Um, it's actually better with no sound. Yeah, we've got no sound on, because otherwise you would just be very intrusive to this whole podcast. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the nitty-gritty. The, oh, you want to get to the nitty-gritty? Yeah, so I, season one. Season one was kind of interesting. Um, I think for the most part, it's about finding your footing. A lot of people, because I'm still new to this myself... People asked me a lot, what did you, how did you do the first season? And we found our footing quicker than most people do. I always feel sorry for people who have to do like 90 episodes and they're like, oh, okay, this is clearly the direction we need to go in. Well, if you listen to the first four or five episodes, we didn't know what, we were, what the show was yet. Didn't even know. Didn't know what the show was. So the, like, if you look back, you'll see episodes like Mitch and the Claptrap. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, even though I don't know if people slept on it, but your your uh, tribute to DMX yeah was really nice, and I love DMX. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> listened to it, but that's not what the show became. Yeah, no, not at all. It I think that's part of the magic of podcasts is that there is a bit of therapy to it. So when you're doing these things and you're kind of talking it out, you're figuring out your own problems, but you're also figuring out your strengths sometimes your weaknesses. And um, that was something that became pretty clear and apparent that I enjoyed doing the research for these deep dives. And that's kind of where I think we found our footing. Was, and you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. I don't have a microphone. I'm there with you, but I don't have a microphone usually. This is, this is the first time your your listeners are hearing my voice. Yeah, and it's it there's there's a bit of the magic trick when you do it by yourself is it's very much like a Harry Houdini 
you know, you're in the you're in the glass case and everyone can see you. I like it because no one's talking over each other. When you have a show with three or four or five people, it just kind of turns into like people talking over each other. Yeah. People getting excited. Because like I did a podcast called Pitch a Movie Podcast. And that was us pretty much talking over. But that, but that podcast was a creative podcast where people were pitching ideas. And I like your podcast because you're learning things. And we found that when you share what you learn with people, mostly horror, always genre, that it's become almost a, a film history class. Yeah. I think sometimes when you listen to a lot of these podcasts, even the ones that I love, like I love We Hate Movies. I think they're one of the best ones doing it. Sometimes it gets to be because you have like four funny guys or four funny girls or whatever that's made up of. You got four funny people. Can I say that? Beyond the binary. Beyond the binary. You have four funny people and everybody's just trying to get their bid in. Everybody, you know, and that was even the thing with like um the podcast you guys have, Pitch It Movie Podcast. Yeah. Like our guests would even had to like, they had to fight for positioning. <laughs> Yeah, you got to fight. To they get were like basketball. We were all like basketball players under the net trying to get a rebound. Yeah. Do I get my bid in? Can I get my piece in? And that that's cool. But I think what happened with this podcast with the offering was the learning component of it to me is very infectious because whenever I learn something, I want to tell you all about it. The other day I started getting into the whole history of uh, planet Hollywood. Yeah, you told me all about it. So I become completely obsessed. That's why we did this because when you learn something, when Jerry learns something, he immediately has to share it with people. And instead of just sharing it with one or two people, he's going to share it with a whole bunch of people. And that's we're going to share it with the world. The offering is about sharing. Sharing is caring. Don't let anybody ever kid you. No, but I I really enjoy it, and I think that's part of the infectious uh, nature of the show is that. I get to learn these things and I get so excited about it that I get to share them with you. And I think that's really what makes this show so unique is that there is an educational component to it. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, that's kind of fun because to be perfectly honest with you, there's a lot of shows that I listen to just because I like them, but I do enjoy a good show that has the funny component. You're being entertained, but you're also learning stuff. You want to walk away with something when you listen, when you spend an hour with a podcast, a show. Yeah. What's the, what's the nutritional content of what you're getting? Right. And that, to me, that's important because you definitely want to walk away with something, even if it is the, <laughs> like we were just talking about, uh, we're, we're watching it with no sound, Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom and uh, Jurassic World, Tragic Kingdom. <laughs> Watch out for the spider webs. No, it's crazy because we're talking about like the guy who directed this and this is J.A. Bayona. Something. Like Don't even quote me on this stuff, but he was a guy who did a he did a bunch of like Liam Neeson movies. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> like these these kind of like these dad for noon thrillers that are on HBO, <laughs> like, you know, where it's you made a bunch of movies where some tall Irish guy murdered people. Hey, you're perfect for, for <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I got to say, though, as we're watching this movie, we're talking about we should be doing a commentary on this. It's film. so good with no sound on. And I'm not saying not to take away from the sound designers or not the or the composers. Maybe it's the perform. No, the performances are fine. It's a be- the dialogue it's a- is fine. I don't know, but it's just so much better to watch it with no sound. It's a beautifully shot film. You know what it is, Jerry? Yeah. It's because we could talk shit about it oh. without hearing what the intended sound's supposed to be. 
yeah. we're not we're not really actually we weren't talking shit we were like saying how beautiful it looks no that's that's what it is is you know you you take for granted some of these movies and a lot of times it's hard to distinguish again i, I hate to say it again but i'm gonna say it it's all just content and i think sometimes you have these movies we were talking about before with like Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, first to preface, we're watching all these dinosaurs and we're not watching with awe. We're not like blown away and we should be. Yeah. This amazing CGI. We've, we've brought dinosaurs back to life, but we're just kind of watching it. We might as well be watching it on TikTok or, or Instagram. It's just content. Yeah. And with Boba Fett, 10 year old Jerry and Pete would, should have been blown. We would have been blown away by Boba Fett riding a rancor. Yeah. And a, a little baby Yoda putting it to sleep. But we're just like, yeah, that was TV. We watched it. <laughs> and now it's just another episode. It's just another episode. And that's... that's um, Just like Scream 5 was just another episode. That was what... I know we're t- we sound like we're talking all over the place, but this is how Jerry and I talk. Yeah, this is just normal shit. Yeah. Don't but know. it's just another episode. Yeah. And, um, well, let's, you know, speaking of other episodes, let's sum up season one. You kind of discussed, discussed, you disgust me. I disgusted people. What was the theme of season one? Season one was kind of about the history of Dimension Pictures. Mm-hmm. I got to do a lot of like fun little side films. Like I got to do The Strangers and things of that nature. No Holds Barred. Yeah, you No Holds Barred, uh, which is an amazing film. But, uh, well, let's go by the numbers. Our least listened to episodes were the ones that weren't part of that we found that people were drawn to those episodes, the Dimension Picture Shows. Yeah. Because when we went to like G.I. Joe versus the Masters of the Universe series or No Holds Barred, people weren't that into it. No. The Cult of A24, yeah. which I liked. But, yeah. But once you started going to horror and those specific 80s, 90s horrors, the numbers were up. Yep. So it became kind of a very obvious thing that there was a new Scream movie coming out. So there was excitement about the Scream franchise. And as I further explored Scream and the history of it and getting into Dimension Pictures, getting into Miramax, getting into the Weinsteins, getting into Wes Craven, the deeper and deeper that I went, it just got more exciting. So we started covering all of those movies from that time, from that era. There's a couple that we missed, obviously, but... It's very interesting, and I think it was a very fertile ground for a lot of younger fans. If you were growing up in the late 90s, that's the stuff that really was tickling your imagination, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think every every generation kind of has its earmark where there's there's a time and a place, and, and Scream, the series, was very much a time and a place. Scream 3 comes out in the year 2000. It was delayed because of the whole Columbine thing. They had to basically make the film virtually bloodless. And if you look at it like that, Scream should have never left the 90s. That's kind of... And listen, I enjoyed 4, and I enjoyed the most recent entry, but I do believe there's something that is just... Like, I have this theory about the Friday the 13th movies, and the last real Friday the 13th movie is... Jason Takes Manhattan, because I think that comes out like 88, 89, and it's the last in the cycle of the 80s. And I'll say this to the people who are producing, because I know at some point they're just going to make another Friday the 13th movie. What it boils down to is 
you should never have Jason leave the 1980s. That's a mistake. It's an absolute mistake. I know that I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but it's very important for horror movies to have time and place. You know, if you go back to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, whatever it is, there needs to be a time and a place because 1950s horror movies have a much different flavor from 1960s. And then obviously 70s is where we don't even care about the Motion Picture Association. We're just doing whatever the hell we want. So you're getting like a lot of ultra violence. You're getting a lot of art house films. People forget that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes, it's a very titillating title. But at the same time, Texas Chainsaw is an art house film. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could show that at a gallery and, and I don't think anybody would think otherwise. Right. It's almost like Toby Hooper didn't care about making it. He wasn't trying to make a horror movie. No. He was trying to tell a story. Just telling a story, making a movie. I think that's really what turns me on about what I do is I'm just trying to tell these stories. I try to get as much information as I can from credible sources And, you know, a lot of that, thank God for Fangoria, thank God for a lot of these, you know, like uh, famous monsters of film land, like without a lot of these, these um, publications, I wouldn't be able to go back and find the data that I have. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool that these things exist. Even some issues of gore zone. (laughs) Uh, Before we kind of make an announcement about season two, which are what the theme is and what the, when we are coming back. I think we should talk about what we've been doing in the in our break, in our winter and spring break. I learned how to play tennis. No way. We wrote, we wrote a web series, Jerry. We did. We wrote a web series. We wrote a TV show, basically. Yeah, called Peg Warmers. Yeah, it's called Peg Warmers. Get pegged. Um, <laughs> that, that tagline's not approved. No, not a, not a, probably will never get approved. Let's talk, let's talk about what it, what it is. So it's, a, it's almost like the first time we're kind of publicizing it we hope we get it it gets made yeah it's uh peg warmers is basically goes into the nitty-gritty of the toy life which is people who collect toys toy hunting toy collecting um vintage toys specifically yeah retro vintage toy relics specifically the 80s 80s toys 80s ips as you call it yep and it goes into well what is what does the term peg warmer mean Peg warmer can also be a shelf warmer are just toys that nobody cares about. And they're just left on the shelf. Like right now, a key example of those Eternals figures that are never going to sell. Right. <laughs> I just got back from Disney World in Orlando and I was sending Jerry pictures of Eternal figures that they're really trying to push at Disney. It's so sad. A lot of Eternals stuff. And I'm like, Jerry, these are peg warmers. Those are peg warmers. But yeah. our show is about, you said that peg warmers are toys that nobody wants. Um, our show is about characters and people that nobody want. Yeah. Disregarded people. It's a dark, dark comedy. And, but we're also, I was saying to Jerry that I, I, I wanted it to have a feel of like uncut gems. Yeah. We're just, it's anxiety ridden. It's, there's a narrative propulsion towards something very dark and sinister. We think it's funny. It's dark because dark comedy, because it's still about toys. It's people who collect toys. And Uncut Gems was about gambling and... Jewelry. Jewel industry. Fur, Furby jewelry. Furby jewelry. And ga- yeah, and, and I said gambling. It's cut from the same cloth, I think. It is, because I think that a lot of the characters have this emotional connection 
to these, these to their past, items. to the nostalgia of their past, and they're, they're clinging to what their life was and what they thought it was going to be, what they wish it was, which was it reminds them of a better time. Better time. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So hopefully, peg warmers gets made. Hopefully, we'll put together a nice, a cool team of uh, filmmakers, and uh, hopefully, you'll get to see it soon. Yeah, I think I think people like peg warmers is something that people need to see. I think you're really gonna enjoy it once we get it made. I know it sounds terrible that I'm like prefacing this, but I kind of have. I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant, but I have a feeling that it's something that the world needs right now. I know it sounds terrible to say that, but <laughs> why? Um, why do you? Well, I think all of us. From I know time why to, we want. It, I know why it's a story that we think we we wanted to tell. Yeah. It's a story that needs to be heard, and I think a lot of times you have characters in TV shows that you can't really relate to, and I think that was that was part of this was that it's about small victories, you mm-hmm. know. It's not about these. I think we we talk a lot about this when, um, especially with superhero films. Uh, I like the more character driven personal stories that are about uh, Superman's got to do his taxes. <laughs> you know, it's not about Superman. That's why Peacemaker yeah. is so great. Exactly. Exactly. You I said- mean, there's the big, there's the butterfly storyline, but the best parts of Peacemaker is the small character driven stuff, which is why I think Vigilante is my favorite character on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I like Vigilante. But yeah. So that's what we were doing in our, in our break. Yep. Learned how to play tennis too. No I, one- I did not witness any of that. No one learned. Table tennis. Not even that. We sports tennis? Not even that. All right. Um, so, season season, <laughs> t- season two. Season two. I'm not going to say anything. I think he, here's here's the problem. Everybody's always giving you tidbits and nuggets and blah, 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 blah. I don't think we should say anything. I think maybe we should hint around it. There's going to be a theme to it. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's... Well, we're also looking at projected to come back around... April. Oh, I don't date anything. Yeah, I don't date anything either. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these nerds. Um, yeah, we're looking at April, Mar- uh, April, April or May, yeah. like the same time that we we started last year. Yeah, I think what it is too. Now that we kind of know what the hell we're doing, it's a little bit easier for us to be mm-hmm. concise and, and kind of know. But the way that. I wanted to arrange it this time for this, these new seasons that are going to be coming is um, it's very itemized and it's very much like you said, a syllabus. There is a reason. Yes, of course, like last season, we, there's going to be some surprises, but a lot of it is about telling and there's an overarching narrative. It's not just why is he talking about random movie? A, why is he talking about random? And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine to do. But I thought that it was important to tell a larger story through each episode. Mm-hmm. Almost as if there's this other narrative that's looming in the background. And hopefully, if we're able to pull it off and it works right, you'll listen to it. You'll listen to the whole season and you'll be like, oh, wow. Okay, I get it. I see exactly what, what they were trying to do with that. And, and hopefully we can do that for you. You're still working out your lineup. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because it's like being so we have a couple of friends that are teachers Mm -hmm. and I I refer to them like, how do you put together your syllabus? Yeah. So that that's where we're integrating some of those ideas into the the show. 
Yeah, and that that definitely harkens to the whole educational side of the show. You know, by the end of the season, you want to get your diploma. Yeah, you that way or you, certificate. Yeah, you feel like you've learned something. You feel like you've you've gotten something out of the show. And to me, that's the most worthwhile part of this. I'd like to say to people, oh, well, we're going to do this. and It's going to be bigger and better. And it kind of, yeah, it will be. But I'm not trying to. I'd rather just show and prove at this point. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like the right thing to do? Yeah. Before we go, I just want to encourage people to keep listening. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow Jerry on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, and TikTok at, at Jerry Horror. That's right. At Jerry Horror. I appreciate when you follow me. I'll follow you back because I'm cool. Kiss me once, I'll kiss you back. Yeah, but I won't follow you back. If, you, if you're if you just doing some lame stuff, I'm not going to follow you back. I, you know what I hate? I hate when people follow you and once you follow them, they unfollow you. Oh, that's, that's a weak move right that there. That is a weak move. Don't do that to Jerry. Yeah, don't do that. That's not nice because uh, the reality of it is, is that I'm a genuine dude and I'll follow you. Like, I don't care what you're into. Like, as long as you're passionate about something, mm -hmm. you could be growing carrots. But if you're passionate about it, I'm totally with it. Yeah. So send us your carrot content. Hot carrot content. Hot carrot content. And um, yeah, YouTube and your pod page. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If you go to the to podpage.com slash the offering with Jerry Horror, you'll get all of the content, all of the episodes. And... You'll find it all in one one spot. Yep. Uncensored. Uncensored. <laughs> too too hot for TV. Um and also your your T public page. Oh, that's right. Where all your merch is. Some I just I just got I just got myself a hoodie. Ooh. I'm excited for for warmth. Who doesn't love warmth? Body warmth. No, yeah, I got a, I got a cool hoodie. You got some cool stickers and shirts and hoodies and uh other stuff. So yeah. go, go get that. Wear Jerry on your body. Yeah. Put me on your body. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I think we did. I think we did our job today. Yeah. I, I Going any further than that, I will most definitely be canceled. Okay. So hopefully you'll be hearing Jerry this late spring. All right. Say bye, Jerry. All right. I'm going to say goodbye. And, and you know what? Fuck you. I hope you do cancel me, son of a... <laughs> no, that's not the way I want to go out. I want it to go out like, you know, like a good guy. All right. I hope you do cancel me. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. No, because nobody ever says that. Like when people sign off, nobody ever says terrible shit. They always say, oh, man, I really appreciate it. They try to be humble and it's all bullshit. I did it already. So you can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Say, tell everyone to fuck off. No, I, I was going to go into that whole soliloquy that uh, Samuel L. Jackson is. And I hope they I hope they die and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> What movie is that from? To Kill a Mock... No, not it's, to, uh, uh, <laughs> it's one of those... Uh, it's one of those McConaughey. McConaughey. A Time uh, to Kill. Yeah. Okay. It's always a good time to kill. It's always a good time to kill with the offering. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Oh, wait. that's. Uh, can I tell people? Can I just... One last thing? Sure. It's going to be all John Grisham movies. The yep. whole season. <laughs> Pelican Brief. Um, the Firm. A Time to Kill, obviously. That's the first episode. Yeah. Um. That's all I could name. That's it. That's all we got. Um, send send your John Grisham ideas to Jerry. Any movies you could cover. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. You, this is what you wanted. This is <laughs> nothing but John Grisham movies. All right, so 
coming this spring, the John Grisham offering. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.